Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Hi, I'm Dean, and I've seen every episode of BSG. Hi, I'm Matthew, and I haven't seen any episode of BSG. On this week's episode, we bring you Season 1, Episode 9, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. The need for secrecy is paramount, Ellen. Oh, I'm sorry. Perhaps you don't know that the Cylons look like us now. Oh, that, yes. Yes, I knew that. It's recent news. Most people just found out a few days ago. thing like that would travel fast. Right? Any one of us can be a Cylon. <laughs> Did you see the looks on their faces? <laughs> you are too easy. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. We are back at it once again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dean. Joining me is Matthew. Together, we're going to be talking about episode nine. Tie me up. Tie me down. Oh, Matthew, I... you know, I think when we were talking about this episode, you were telling me you thought maybe it was literally T-I-E, not T-I-G-H. I got that impression based on when we talked on the last episode. Were you fooled until you saw the uh, actual title of the episode, or did you always assume it was Colonel Ty? <laughs> no, you know, to be honest, I was fooled, and I also did not realize that was how his name was spelled until I saw the title of the episode. Mm. I thought it was like T-Y-E. I didn't realize it. Ty. It's very well, Irish looking. What people may not realize is, is that, especially if this is their first time joining us, I mean, the intro does tell them, you haven't seen it, I have, but Matthew is a zealot. He oh, yeah. is a determined, he's like that villain in uh, that Dan Brown book where if he <laughs> screws up, he just whips himself on the back. <laughs> I apologize for you, my father. <laughs> yeah, the cat of nine tails across the back, but he's not an albino, although you are tall. And um, he doesn't, and the reason he doesn't know how to spell Thai is not because he sucked at this podcast. It's because he's, <laughs> he is steadfastly, I don't think that's a word. Avoiding yeah. spoilers, and uh, that means he's not even pulling up articles. He's not looking at cast lists. Nope. He wants to remain at uh, in the dark as much as possible, so he is not spoiled for future episodes. Of course, as you know, I've seen them all. I'm Dean. He hasn't, and that's Matthew. And uh, yep, yep. We're, we're getting deep, man. We're getting close to the end of the season. Whew. Getting in there. I didn't think that was ever going to happen, honestly. <laughs> right. <laughs> for us, this has been an endeavor. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, but it's a lot of fun, and yeah. um, what we usually do is we get to uh, some uh, initial impressions. We uh, talk a little bit about some trivia questions, which we're going to explain. We'll have Matthew explain that in a minute. Then we'll work our way through the episode by explicating the scenes, and uh, we'll get to maybe some final thoughts or maybe some prompting questions I have for Matthew, if I can think of any between now and then, <laughs> and uh, close it out. So be warned that Time Me Up, Time Me Down will be spoiled. Future episodes, of course, will not be spoiled. And uh, we swear. So if you don't like that, you should probably hit the bricks before we uh, offend your sensibilities, which, you know, whatever. That little red E in iTunes burns bright for a reason. It burns bright, yeah. I don't know if it really helps people, but what are you going to do? <laughs> 
it occurred to me like if somebody goes to the website and listens, they don't get the benefit of the e. So sorry, that's true. <laughs> sorry, it's the internet, guys. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's the wild west, all right. And we gotta we gotta really use that while we can. At least you didn't click on it and get you know fucking eleven dick pics or whatever. <laughs> I don't know whatever the internet does these days. But Matthew, uh, whatever whatever modern tub girls out there. Anyways, yeah. What's going on, buddy? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. This episode. Surprised me, for one. Uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. But th- the overall tone of the episode was what I did not see coming. Ah, a very similar first experience to me. Interesting, yeah. You know what? Why don't we just get right to it? Why don't you talk to me about your initial impressions of tie me up and tie me down? I don't think it's and. I think it's just tie me up, comma, tie me down. Tie me uh, up, wh- tie me down. Yeah, get to your initial impressions on this, and then we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll kind of go from there. Well, I, I gotta say, by the end of the episode, even, you know, before that, I enjoyed it. This is another pretty damn strong episode, but I had a moment, maybe in the first quarter, first third of the episode around there, that I was like, I don't know about this. This feels so weird. Can like, I guess the scene? Ooh, go for it. Uh, Gaius is a lab when- a- Actually, when, I know why you're saying that, but no, Ellen I like that scene. It was basically the introduction and the first real dialogue and interactions we get between Ty and Ellen. I was like, really? This is what (laughs) – this is our new character? (laughs) This is the tone of the show? It felt so silly. I haven't had that feeling in my stomach since the episode with the the kind of wacky beginning where the the missiles go off and and kill a couple of their own guys. I was like, this this is so silly that it seems a little out of place. But, you know, and especially in this episode, which I was anticipating being a very, like, 12 angry men, everybody's paranoid and suspicious about everybody else, and it was another one of these dark episodes. But they took that concept and approached it with a kind of absurdity, which at first, with this kind of show, you think, that's not going to work. Like, this is a serious, you know, military sci-fi show, and we're, we're kind of taking these concepts very seriously and imagining them playing out, whereas it... it, it in moments, it, it it did become almost unbelievable, and I think very much so on purpose, and that ended up fitting with the overall tone of the show. Like mm. it won me over by the end, which I was worried about for a minute, but it did it did win me. So I can't wait to get into how I feel it uh, it earned that. Gotcha. I look forward to your specifics on that. I remember when I first watched this years ago. I remember thinking, "Wow, this Ellen Ty character is a fucking train wreck." Right. But I can I I get it. The only thing we know about Ellen Ty before we see Ellen Ty in the series is that Colonel Ty is burning holes in the image of her face that he has as a photo <laughs> with a cigar or a cigarette or something. He's burning images of her face and then he's throwing the goddamn photo away. Yeah. And call me crazy, I feel like I remember a line of dialogue from an early episode where somebody says she's his ex-wife. Like, they are officially divorced. But in this episode, they act like they had never stopped being married. Yeah. I, Did I fuck that up? I don't think they were officially divorced. They were just on the rocks, sort of. I think so. Yep, I think that's the case. Okay. All right. Makes sense. But I do remember very specifically... There was a moment where Ellen Ty's introduction to the show, I thought, was a little silly. <laughs> yeah, it's, what it's I'm a, little, a little silly. It has that like daytime soap opera feel to it of like, ah, oh, she was in a coma and I was checking on her for you. And 
It's like, wait, I look, little, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm by. I am bought into this show, so I'm like, okay, like let's tell, take me where you're taking me. Show I put my blind faith in Ronald Moore. All right, let's see where we go here. So I don't. I don't mind the way she enters the television program by way of Commander Adama uh, taking the action that he takes. Because one thing we learn later in the episode is, is that he tells Gaius to test a woman named Ellen, which, of course, we learn is Ellen Ty. Once that fact is revealed, I'm, I understand the, the decision that Adama made to go off ship and do what he needed to do. Now, remember, we're not seeing every second of their days, so I have to imagine that if the commander of the ship wants to get on a Raptor and go to another ship and do something, that's his fucking business. I don't know if that has to always be reported. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't understand the protocol. I'm guessing not. Although he does comment on saying the need for secrecy was important because of everything that's going on. Silence look like us. That's becoming more public knowledge. And uh, I can see him wanting to take that precaution. And uh, he, he knows he's in a weird position with, with, with Ty and Ellen. Because he loves his friend, but he loathes this woman, or at least he knows the destructive force that she is in, in his relationship, but he couldn't... This was very much a friend move versus a smart military decision to bring her on board, but I could oh, yeah. see Commander Adam making that decision. My problem is, is with the hijinks that ensue, I don't mind her drunken idiocy at the dinner table. I think somebody like this would be that way. Uh, <laughs> right. There, part of me, in retrospect, enjoys her presence at the dinner table because I like how stuffy they've all kind of become and how she's so completely not. Look, she's off the fucking chains, crazy. Oh yeah, totally. But um, but my problem is, is when they're when she's can when she says the lies about Adama and then she bursts into the fucking lab and Ty's like, "You've been visiting my wife," and he's like, "Yes, no." That dialogue was fucking crap to me. <laughs> it, it didn't. It just didn't feel natural that Ty would go in and, and, and say this shit about Adama based on what Ellen told him. Uh, yeah. Although I guess we're supposed to believe that's the influence she has on him, but I don't know. I don't see him doing that, and it and it plays out kind of silly. I don't know. I didn't. It seemed a little off to me, and and I don't know if that's a result of the way they chose to block the scene or the dialogue they picked or the way the actors did it, but it wasn't. I didn't love that part of it. So yeah. I like this scene because I enjoy a type of character like this being injected into the, into the, the framework. of the people, yeah. Right, because it's, it's ugly, it's messy, and I want to see where that goes. Mm. But I didn't, it felt, I guess if I could succinctly get to my fucking point here, <laughs> I would just say that it felt a little forced and awkward at times. Yeah. And that's about it. And the thing is, the thing I feel like redeems it a little bit for me is I feel like, it's not the show. It wasn't like the writers being like, let's get a funny character in there. And they threw her in there and were just like hoping for it to work. I think they knew that it was going to seem forced. And that's part of the purpose of it. Like, I feel like they're conscious of the awkwardness of this of the character and the shift of the tone of the show. I think they like, they knew that it was going to be jarring and they wanted that effect to be a little jarring. So that's why I'm like, now here, you know, I guess time will tell if the rest of the show how the rest of the season plays out, what the rest of that, you know, her character arc will be like in this. Because if, I'll admit, if every scene she's in or if every aspect of her presence in the show takes it to this weird, absurd level, like, you know, like the weird bottle scene of them all being together and shouting over each other, like, that would 
be a little grating because that is a little, it does not, this show at moments is so utterly realistic, I feel like, and it's hard to say about, oh yes, obviously it's a fucking sci-fi show set in the future, but as far as human relations in this kind of high pressure circumstance go, I feel like it's a pretty interesting look at it. And it feels like this is people on a boilerplate having to deal with these issues in a very awful circumstance. But when you bring her in and the, the scene that, that we've been circling around, it f- doesn't feel as realistic as those other things. It feels more contrived. Sure. Um, so if they were going for an, a particular kind of contrived effect here in this episode, okay, I'm buying into it. It's her introduction. You know, let's see where they're going to go with this. That being said, I don't want to see too much of that in the future. Uh, the man responsible for this episode is Jeff Vlaming. Jeff Vlaming did Litmus, which was the courtroom, uh, the, the, oh, the yeah. Sergeant Hadrian on the warpath. Scientists get sold up the river. Uh, Ty, uh, excuse me, Chief Hero breaks up with Galactica Boomer. That whole thing. Yeah. So that's, um, this is the second one he's done, and he does one more in season two called The Captain's Hand. Uh, Wait, the, written or directed? He wrote. Wrote, gotcha. Wrote, yes. I should have made that clear. Yeah, the writer. The gotcha. director's Ron Hardy for this episode, and Ron Hardy has done a few. Uh, Ron Hardy did Act of Contrition, which, of course, was the reveal that where Starbuck and Adama come to a head finally on Zack. That's right. He directed Litmus, so he directed the one that Jeff wrote. Uh, he does two more in season two, one in season three, and one in season four. So he comes he comes around quite a bit. He's solid. He's done JAG, X-Files, The Practice. I mean, this guy knows his way around television directing. Ron Hardy, TV veteran. Take my card. There you go. And there's a, uh, you know, as we're sitting here, you and I uh, fumbling with these early thoughts about the <laughs> tone of this episode, Here's something that Ron Moore himself said about this episode. Ooh. And uh, he said this on a podcast, uh, a Ron D. Moore podcast. Unfortunately, they do not cite the podcast. I'm pulling this off of the Battlestar Wiki uh, nice. entry for the episode. The official uh. statement says the following. And it's funny, now that I read this, this really makes sense as to where our instincts are on this. The long and short of it, excuse me, one second blow it up a little. Oh, I hate the way it's like a white letters. The oh, long oh. and short of it was that we had just come out of a very heavy, very dark, very disturbing episode. And the very next episode was supposed to be Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which was all about a very disturbing, very dark, very sort of unhappy episode where our two, two of our lead characters started pointing guns at one another. Now, before we finish this statement, interesting. Yeah. So Ron Moore was like, we're, we're going back to back dark. Because the last one, Leoban, we're talking torture. We're talking execution. That's dark oh, yeah. and disturbing shit. We learn a little bit about Kara and her nature. And, and in and the what, very last scene of the show, you're undermining your absolute lead character of maybe he's a fucking Cylon. Maybe you can't trust anybody in this show. Right. Maybe there's no one who's your hero. Right. Oof, now we dark. hit time me up, time me down. And he's like, I want two main characters pointing guns at one another. Now he continues by saying, so there came a point when I just decided, let's punt. (laughs) Let's not do the dark and brooding episode. Let's try a different tone. Let's see if the show can withstand something light. Let's try something that's closer to a comedy or as close to a comedy as Galactica can withstand. So that makes sense why we found the hijinks a bit silly. Because I Mm. think what he's getting at here is, is that originally... Uh, this script was supposed was supposed to be called Secrets and Lies, and then they then they changed it. Um, 
Now, what's what I think is cool about this is is that he said, you know, it was going to be a very different episode. It was going to be very much like a riff on Crimson Tide. Have you seen that? No. Crimson Tide is uh, the, the the famous scene that most people know about is uh, Gene Hackman and Denzel. Give me that missile, missile key, Mr. Hunter. That whole nuclear sub movie thing. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, you know, it's a battle between the XO and the first officer. Excuse me, the, the CO and the XO. I'm saying it wrong. You know what I mean? The captain <laughs> and the first officer. It's a battle. It's a power struggle and it's nukes and there's high consequence. And it sounds like maybe with the introduction of Ellen Ty. I don't know. I don't know the original script. I'm really speculating at this point, but perhaps what they were getting at is is that they wanted it to be maybe that part where where Ty goes after Adama about what Ellen said. Maybe they were going to make that more real and less silly. Yeah, yeah. But instead, they just, as he said, they're like, we're going to punt, and we're going to go silly and just call it a day. Interesting. And, I, and, you know, and I do, like I was saying, I do agree with, you know, Moore's assessment of the thing overall, that it can, it's an interesting play, you know, it, and I do think the show can withstand this amount, but I don't think she can withstand much more, Captain. Like, yeah, not, don't yeah. push it. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely, you definitely, you, your shields got knocked down to about 15%. They were buckling. <laughs> and another, uh, another disruptor volley may have been tragic. Oof. But I think we're back. I think I think we're. Uh, I, th- oh, yeah. I think we do see some of the serious and important stuff in this, and that's what I mean. It's hard to when you still have a Hilo and a Sharon separated from the rest of the pack who are dealing with nothing light whatsoever. It, right. It'd be hard to bounce back between funny this and the. You know, it's it's hard. It's it's hard to inject humor as the major tone of the episode. I could see humorous parts. Oh, yeah. We've had humorous parts. Yes, 100%. Just look at Guy's Baltar. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit about the episode. But it's funny that you went back to the uh, the episode, I guess it was Active Contrition, right? With the explosion. Is that the one? Yeah, it comes that up. was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We are going to make our way through this. But before we do that, Matthew, <laughs> let's talk trivia. Now, if this is your first time joining us every week, we do some trivia, and that trivia has something to do with episodes coming. And uh, we try to tease those episodes without spoiling those episodes by asking some questions of Matthew. Of course, I know the answer to these questions because, again, I've seen it. He hasn't. And we have a little fun. We just try to tease to get people excited. I like to tickle Matt's fancy as he wonders... Oh. <laughs> As he wonders what's going to happen in the in the next weeks, so you know, I feel like every time you, uh, I hope people aren't you know thinking I'm some little negative Nancy, but every time you pivot to the trivia now, I'm always like sighing, like oh fuck, <laughs> I haven't done so good. Are you in a couple of episodes? You crushed this one. Did I? Yeah, dude. Hmm. Yeah, you did really well. <laughs> You're gonna have to remind me. <laughs> All right, <laughs> no problem. So the time me up, time me down trivia questions were as follows, Matthew. I asked you that this is what would happen in this episode. Ready? Ready. I said, Tom Zarek will return and begin to gain support with people by way of illegally broadcasting to the fleet. It was false. You said true. Okay, so you got one wrong. The first Nailed one. it. Got it. Fucking one and done, baby. <laughs> that did not, in fact, happen. <laughs> Next, I asked, Rosalind secretly orders Baltar to test Commander Adama because she suspects he may be a Cylon. True. You said true. Ba-boom. There we go. Off the glass. <laughs> Three, 
Commander Adama orders the termination of the Cylon detection project when he learns that about Baltar's plan to usurp Rosalind's presidency. Whew, that seemed like a pretty intense conspiracy, which you said, nah, not happening. False. And the answer was false. Nice. Two for two. Third, Colonel Ty makes a rash tactical decision that costs the lives of two pilots. You said false. Of course, the answer is false. He saved the ship. That's right. It's our boy. Boom. Three for three. Four. Someone from Ty's past returns and he starts drinking again. I was being vague. The answer is true. And you said true. So, Matthew, what do you mean? Holy shit. You crushed this one. I forgot I did good. I've been inside. You know what? I am a negative Nancy. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I was. Poor fucking Nancy. What makes her so negative? I know. Oh, just the alliteration it was too. Yeah, her too alliteration good. was too alluring. Uh, oh God. God! Someone kill me! I'd like to hang you. Ew. So, all right, my kids one. can breathe easier again. I can find. Don't worry, kids. You can throw away your shoes with holes. We're gonna get new ones. I'm gonna get yeah. new toms for all of you. Well, one out of five is still only eighty percent. But you know, fuck. Right? Is that one is of my okay, One right of you on has that? to go without shoes. <laughs> it's only 80%, so let's not uh, let's stop with the frenzied revelry. <laughs> so well done. Now, before this episode is over, I will ask Matt some terrific questions about next week's, next week's episode, which will be Hand of God. We'll get to that at the end. And I nice. change it up a little. We're going to have some Ooh. fun. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Not to mention this is hard to come up with questions. So I know. I, I know. Mix that shit up. You have a task. A task. All right. Let's get to it, shall we? Yes. So we open on the CIC. President Roslyn watches Adama. She is suspicious. Laoban's Yep. Laoban's words are haunting her. Uh, oh, Roslyn yeah. and Adama wave. They smile to one another. Uh, and that's where I want to pause because I think we should start talking about this immediately before we set the rest of the stage here. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where the, the words that are ringing in my head are Adama's himself of saying... He's going to do the most dangerous thing. He's going to inject worry and suspicion mm. into our heads. You know, it caused division among us all. That's way more dangerous than any bomb or any, you know, attack ships. And he's fucking right. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, the opening shots and tone of this episode are dark as shit. It feels like a direct continuation of the previous episode of she is utterly suspicious, does not trust him at all. He has to look up at her. He, he notices her looking at him and it's like, hmm. You know what I like about this? I think it says a little bit about Rosalind, but without beating up Rosalind. No. Yeah. I think it also reminds us that she's been a president for a month. Yeah, right? She does not. I mean, she was the, some kind of education secretary, right? Yeah. Which means she had a lot of responsibility. She's, no, she's not new to politics. No, But not at this all. might be the first time she's had to deal with a seditious enemy agent, right? Oh, I mean, this is military. <laughs> this is a military thing that she just doesn't have experience in. And we're yeah. seeing, just like you said, just like Adama warned, hey, this is bad. Yeah. You cannot allow yourself to be taken into the hole of treachery where your thoughts start to get to you. Now, you might be able to blame her treatment, her sickness. This woman has a lot on her plate. Yeah. But boy, she is deep oh, in this yeah. conspiracy that was woven by a man who has, or a Cylon, who is a known duplicitous yeah. and treacherous beast. I mean, yeah, a person, you know, a per, you know, person, finger quotation marks, Cylon, who has a uh, vested interest in getting you to 
not believe one another and yes. to cause disorientation. You know, that's the thing. And I think she, you know, like, like we've said before, she's not an idiot. She, she is, I think she is of two minds here and she knows that I can't let myself get too suspicious, but I still, I think she treads a little closer to the dark side in this episode than, than she would maybe admit. I like it a lot. I also think that one of the things I appreciate most about this is that last week you and I spent a lot of time talking about Starbuck and we spent a lot of time talking about Leoben. Oh, yeah. You know how I feel about Leoben. You know how I feel about the actor. I made that clear last week. Oh, yeah. But he was in it for an episode. He was gone. The other thing we talked about was is that he is their first dialogue with Asylum as a right. fleet, as an organization. Their civilizations first yes, contact. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, what is so great about this is, is that we see the effects of a character that got shot out of an airlock that I like a lot lingering into the next episode. True. And that's something that I think is awesome. I think that it shows an awareness for where you're taking this thing. I think it shows that Adama's warnings weren't simply resolved when he was ejected into space. No, absolutely not. They still linger. And I think that's what's so great about what they've done is, is that they've given Leoben as a character, the writers, I mean, the respect of having his dialogue with Starbuck and, of course, with Rosalind linger. Yeah. Like I'm he, saying, that's, that it makes, it both gives his words and his speech, you know, more effect than it gives the Cylons more effect. That we don't have to, you know, episodes where we have really no Cylons at all. I don't really count six as a Cylons, but, you know, she's very much just a, an integral part of Gaius to me, even though she is her own entity. You know, but we don't really see any other Cylons here, you know, we see the Raider ship, whatever, but the presence of them hovers large above everything, just because of their influence in how much they're on everyone's mind. Sure. Well, Adama goes up to tell her that they are now officially, they now officially have a Cylon detector. So this is big news for the story thus far. Mm-hmm. And We're he not- delivers it with a little bit of a, yeah, it's great. Like he's not, as you know, it's not like uh, it doesn't feel like a victory, you know, to the, in, this, in this moment, you would think that this is their first real torch to wave and say, fuck, we finally have a way to combat their most dangerous weapon, which is silence that look like us. But it's a very kind of, of somber tone here. He's like, well, we finally have it. It's a good thing. Let me, <laughs> let me like, ask you your opinion on this. Yeah. Do you think that this is a writing device that's supposed to keep us guessing? Or do you think that there is a legitimate reason why he is not more celebratory with this news? Well, I think in this particular episode, it is a combination of him knowing the first person he's already decided he's is going to get tested is Ellen. Like, that's already in his mind here. I think he's like, Ugh, not looking forward to the fallout of what Ty's going to ask or what okay. Ellen might ask. I think that's the at the forefront in this moment. But then I think, you know, the same thing we've talked about in past episodes of yeah, we've got a Cylon detector, but even though we have a way to sort it out now, it's still going to cause fingers to be pointed. It still is not going to it's not going to make hysteria and suspicion go away. I like it. You know what I was thinking and and I like your observation and I didn't I was thinking of my own, so I like hearing yours, but I'll add to that by saying part of me thinks that he understands the logistics of the testing and realizes, especially when, when we learn about Gaius's actual numbers, <laughs> right. I think Adama realizes, yeah, we have one, but Jesus, Louises, 
we can <laughs> test a person a day because that's how long it takes. So part of me thinks that what you're saying is, is that there's fallout. I didn't even consider the, the Ellen Ty thing. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that sucks. Imagine sitting there wondering, is my best friend's wife a Cylon? That's got a mm-hmm. way on him. But I also think it's the idea that we have what we want, but boy, is it a nightmare to is process. It, yeah. And it's limited. It's just incredibly limited. Yes. And which also makes it by its nature, by it being, you know, we can pick one person to focus on and get these results in a relatively timely manner. So that in a way makes it even more of an accusatory thing. It's not just like, well, well you yeah. know, we're, we're collecting 100 samples. Everybody's going to get this. many people are going to get tested today. It's like, no, we can only test one person today. Who's at the top of the list? Who's the new person? Great you know, point. who's the newest face? Who, you know, and somebody, you know, it's going to have to be a finger pointer like you. They're the one that needs to be tested today. Great point. And that, that's a pretty accusatory, again, doubt, you know, sowing thing. That is such a good point. And uh, I didn't even consider that. And I think that's why Rosalind's suggestion has a lot of weight here, because you have to take, you know, in order to avoid that issue and to avoid the accusatory nature of saying you're next to be tested, you just start at the top of the chain of command and work your way down. Exactly. That's why I want to, I can't wait to talk about the dialogue of the scene of how it is not, you know, and I really like that Adama (laughs) kind of concedes and is like, okay, I'll be the first to test. That's fine. I feel like if if she could have, the thing I wish Rosalind did here was say, it doesn't matter which order, it doesn't matter who goes first, but I think both of us should be the first two tests. Like it yes. should be the president and the commander, and we should it should be a public announcement, it should be publicly shown, you know. And I, I do I think that would be a good faith measure to take. Um, but it is <laughs> she just it's again, it's that's why I'm saying she treads a little closer to the suspicion side because she doesn't offer that more middle path. She's like, ah, I still want you to be first. Like she points the finger at him. Yeah, you're right. It would have been a little more graceful if she just said, I think you and I should go first and we should work our way down. I I don't think that, I think that would be a, a realistic dialogue for her to have. Her yeah. problem is, is she's so shooken up by Leoben that she needs to know. She, yeah. she, I mean, she can't, not to mention, you have to remember that she dreamed about the man. She had, you could argue this is a prophetic dream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She saw him and saw his death a day before it actually happened the way it did. Yeah, the person who you saw in a dream and became real and then told you a prophecy, you, yeah, you probably would kind of lean toward believing it. Then you have this whole thing where he, he meaning Leoben in her dream last week, protects her in the dream. So that has to linger on her mind. Like, is this guy protecting me? What's his motivation? If, because if you, do you know what I mean? If you had that dream, Matthew, and not only did you see the way this guy was going to be executed, but then he protected you, that's going to linger. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to be hard not to think about that. You're not going to be able to just dismiss that fact. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It makes it more mixed. It makes it even harder to interpret and just dismiss one way or the other. Right. So, uh, if I'm a Cylon, you're screwed. He says, um, <laughs> that. he does agree though. Like you said, they share a long smile, but you can see the tension there. And then we move over to the observation lounge where we Oh, uh, I think you mean teeny bopper makeout point. <laughs> Space <laughs> makeout point. Space ma- like this is like an observatory in the night like a laser show observatory in the nineteen fifties. They're all just like, ooh. <laughs> it's like I'm waiting drive-in. for like fucking bellboys with milkshakes to come down the aisle. Yeah, on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go to the hop oh baby. Something like that. <laughs> well Later. Billy, the luckiest boy in the world on his date with Rihanna. 
Yeah, with the I call this hotness imbalance factor. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, is, this is this is called the hotness imbalance factor. He, he either has a he either has a mule or he's rich, and I don't think he's. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> and that's, this might be you know we've talked a lot about the the silly tone of certain aspects and things being unbelievable. This the fact that he is able to coax spy like answers out of her is maybe the most unbelievable thing i'm like no fucking way no way you're the spy fucking seducing her man pretty funny (laughs) but uh it's a cute scene i like it it. it's fun to see life on the crew that is outside of all the hard and dark things that are occurring yeah Uh, and you know this scene right you know as the scene was playing out and their interactions they were actually so at first, innocent and cute and adorable. And it, it, it struck me as like, have we seen any intimacy, you know, especially any kind of romantic intimacy between two characters that wasn't very manipulative, you know, like six and guys. I mean, fuck, what a messed up relationship that is. <laughs> you know, Hilo and the, you know, Boomer on, on back on Caprica, that's another fucked up situation. She, you know, it's messing with her. You know, the, the situation with the Boomer and Chief on the ship is fraught and we know she's a Cylon anyway, so it's all messy and disastrous and it's just this whole mess. And to see them, it just finally looks so cute and uncomplicated. And I was like, fuck, that's really not like... That's a you know like we had the episode that ended with a birth, you know the baby has been yes. you know we can add a notch to the population. This is one of those moments that like it felt hopeful. Like well, this is the kind of shit you need to continue the human race. Like it, this is, it looks like the kind of relationship that could be you know blossom into having a family or something. And then in the next scene, he's reporting to Rosalind, and I was like, oh god damn it, really? Hmm. You had to kick me in the teeth like that. I think I, I I feel like this is exactly what you described. Though the only moment where yeah. we ever really see something like that outside of maybe the way Adama feels for Starbuck, uh, the, the friendship between Ty and Adama, uh, some of the reconciliation between Lee and Adama. Yeah, uh, but but nothing with nothing as innocent, I guess, for lack of better words. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, the chief and Boomer were seemed like they were great, and then they weren't. But right. that, but yeah, and like, is there any other even potential relationship that we can see right now that you could imagine them like getting married and having kids or anything? It's like this one, you kind of can. It's still, you know, not a sealed you. deal, but it's like this has that more like there's could be longevity to this, there could be sure. stability to this. And, uh, and I do like, you know, and I was kind of joking a little bit that in the next scene because Billy is very much like. You know, you can tell he was uncomfortable with even having to come back and report this stuff. Mm, Um, And he was also trying to temper his report by saying, look, I don't think any of this stuff she told me is any real indication that uh, Commander Adama is a Cylon. This is all of this could be misinterpreted. It could be his stress. He could be tired. It's it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I think there's something to be said based on the way they shoot the whole scene. When when he reports when he reports to her. There's a couple of things, and I don't want to spend too much time on the way they sh- they frame this shot, but but I think it's important to note that he's standing above her, right? It's and, and this is something that people pay attention to. It's rare that you're addressing the president as she sits down and you loom over her. True. I think it's kind of showing us that she is withdrawing a little bit. She is shrinking under this pressure a little bit, and he's looming, literally standing over her, the eye line is, is she's looking up at him for answers. He's looking down at her. And that matters when you shoot people talking. That's, there's a lot of things that go on there. You know, yeah. If you want to show somebody in a superior position, you shoot them higher and they're looking down. And 
I think they're not trying to convey that Billy's superior. They're trying to convey that Billy is trying to talk some sense into a woman that he sees. And her expressions here, wide-eyed, mouth yeah. agape. I she's, think she's she is trying, hoping that he's going to give her answers. She yes. wants something definitive. Right. She wants to be told it, everything's going to be okay. And he's trying not to feed into it. But I think he sees her going off on the deep end a little. And he's trying to pull her out of it. And that's why... Yeah. The Billy character is so much more interesting than simply just an aide to the president. There's a character oh, yeah. in there, and it's nice to see more of him. And I and I really like her. You know, her reaction at the end of the scene is that she's like, "Oh my god, I I really hope you're right." Like, and saying, yeah. "I hope I'm wrong. I hope yep. my all these suspicions of mine are are ridiculous, and I really hope that your assessment is accurate." Yes. We get our opening credits, and we come right back to my favorite shot of this uh, of the of the episode, which is uh, Gaius in the frame and he's <laughs> his face is very defeated he has his white coat on and we slowly pull away from him to reveal the 47,905 blood samples oh my god yeah and i love this shot reminds me of like the clockwork orange classical music like zoom out it's just like right. and i'm surrounded by all my milk molecules it's uh, funny that, you know what, I'm thinking about back to what you said, and maybe maybe this is something you and I both missed. Maybe they're not being accusatory because they have all the samples now. So maybe they were just going to run this test in the background and then report to command any anomalies. True. That is true. You know, because they already, it's not like they're calling people in randomly. They have them all, and now they're just going to test them based on how command says to test them. I mean, yeah, you get accusatory when you're in the command structure, like the, the, they're testing each other, but... I think yeah. the civilians will be all right. Yeah, everybody, as long as it's made very aware, which it must have been in order to have collected all these samples, right. that everyone is being tested. There are no exceptions. We're all being tested. No, you know, it's not just a, this singular group, you know, singling out who they want. No, everybody. <laughs> right. He but breaks God, it down. Yeah, the numbers he gives out here, you know, 47,905 samples, you know, the rate that they're able to do, it's going to take 61 years yeah. of continuous testing. In order to make this happen. 11 hours each. Unless they make some sort of breakthrough in the testing between now and 60 years from now. Right? <laughs> right. Here's hoping. But uh, his boredom is just so realistic to me. Oh, God, it's yeah. so realistic to I me. Love, I mean, there's that line where he's like, that's, of course, if I don't count for any sleep in between. I'd rather kill myself. Right. <laughs> so ready to just off himself instead of this. Can you imagine having a brain like this guy and being committed to this task forever? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I mean, this it's is just like, ludicrous. This brings him back to probably like his undergraduate study days of like just fucking monkey lab grunt work. And he's just like this. I'm the most brilliant mind maybe in the human race. And I fucking suck blood out with a syringe and squirt it in a thing and wait for the result to come up over right. and over forever now. Yep. Jesus. Yeah, he he definitely has to be. Uh, he 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 definitely has to have other stuff going on. There's no way he could. He would. It's impossible. He's not going to. Uh, he's not going to do just Cylon detection. Yeah, God no. But he plops his head down on the desk, not thrilled, of course. And then Six decides that uh, all his hard work needs to be rewarded. And uh, she or he hikes up that skirt of hers, and he's going to plow her doggy style right in the lab, which I oh, applaud yeah. him for. But uh, <laughs> not quite yet, because uh, Starbuck walks in and says, and, what's up, Doc? 
<laughs> and he tries to just simply explain he's doing the little-known Richard Simmons workout, the air thrust. Just uh, just doing the old pelvic air thrust workout, no bigs. Getting the old exercises done. Getting the old thighs all stretched out. I do love the. Uh, I do love when she walks in. There is a detail where the door opens. It stays open. She stands on the threshold, and behind her is a marine. Yeah, I think that's important to note that they have this place on guard. And you can imagine that if you have Cylon agents on board, the last thing they want is their agents being uncovered. So you have to post guards. I love that. Oh, it's yeah. great detail. God, yeah, no. This is high, and you know, and this is something I imagine will be coming up in the series. You know, maybe if not in this season, throughout the next of like people questioning, and I could totally imagine Tom, you know, Zarek coming in and saying this of like, who's in charge of these tests? How can we trust the people interpreting the result? Or we're just trusting their word? Like, are we going to see a fucking printout of the data? Like, what right. what's going on? Like, I could see that becoming a serious issue, and that that. Makes me wonder about uh, how Gaius is going to be seen. I don't think his position is as secure yet, but it does make sense that they would have it. this is like the highest of high priorities. Yeah, it does make sense. And, and Starbucks' presence there raises some questions, doesn't it? It's funny that she would go there because she she says she's going there to inquire about her test. Yeah, which absolutely. means that information is circulating that. There must be sleeper agents who don't know their Cylons, right? Because why would she question herself? Well, you know, I'm not sure if it's her questioning herself as much as I want to go ahead and I don't want myself to be a question in anyone else's mind at all. I don't want any uh, okay. bullshit. I, know what, I could see Starbuck being like, I don't want any jackass fucking wasting my time. Well, maybe you're one. And she goes, nope, here's my fucking test. I'm not one. I've been tested. I was tested first. Fuck you. Like I, like I could it. see her wanting to just knock all that shit off the table to start with. Love it. Good explanation. Yeah. Also, are. notice how she's on the cane limping still. I know. Uh, it detail. hurts me a little bit every time I see it. I'm like, fuck. Nothing worse than a goddamn limping warrior who you know just can't stand it. It's can't great, st- though. It's it's oh. it's such good consistency to show that you don't sustain a severe knee injury and then you're better next week and nobody addresses it. That's This show is always being consistent with its, with its things like that, be it supplies or what have you. Yeah, yeah, it's very solid. Well, when she enters, do you, in, in, in Six is bent over that table with her glorious haunches. Oh, screenshot of the century, right? <laughs> and she says, um, hmm, she's intriguing. What do you yeah. think about what's going on here in the way that Gaius talks to Starbuck? It's one of, the, yeah, this is one of the biggest mysteries of this episode to me. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, Six is so fucking inscrutable. I, I'm never so uh, unsure about anybody's observations than hers. I mean, it's obvious. There are times where I wonder if she just says stuff like that to fuck with guys. Like, <laughs> like there really is like nothing behind it. <laughs> Wait, what? That's such a layoban move, too. Right? Exactly. Just to, like, flick your ear and be like, oh, do you think about that one, huh? Wonder? Like, just some little, you know, trinket to be like, think about that. What does that mean? Maybe nothing. Or maybe it does mean something. Who knows? Bye. Like, yep. you know, just like that. I don't know. I don't know. What about you? I, I sometimes wonder what she's trying to accomplish here when she's talking to and about Starbuck. There is, we've seen him heavily flirt with her, especially in active contrition when they played poker together. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I just feel like maybe six I don't think Six can read Gaius' mind. No. I don't think no. that's really been established. 
So part of me wonders if she just wants information about Starbuck because I think Six is definitely capable of, of I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Is she being jealous? I'm not sure. Or, or maybe it's that she's, uh, as a Cylon, is a highly sexual human form of a Cylon that maybe she's already figured out, man. Maybe she, maybe Starbuck is intriguing her in a different way. Aha. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> she's like, you know, I, I'm a hot blonde. Maybe I can hook up with the other hot blonde. <laughs> I'm confident Six could have whoever she wanted. Basically. Uh, so we move over to Colonel Ty dumping alcohol into the trash and then the photo of Ellen. At least I've done that much. <laughs> Plow through the rest of the bottle and pour out the last swigs at the bottom. Well, here's what I do like about this. There is a uh, a funny bit of a metaphor here, right? He's not only getting rid of the alcohol, but the image of his wife uh, showing that they are connected. Yeah, right? uh, that's he, a he, really good point. Yeah. yeah, he's ejecting them together. This is his small catharsis that ends up being reversed by the end of this. Oh, God. Uh, which doesn't take Ellen much work. Ty's, unfortunately, Ty's willpower with hers is not good. Uh, and yeah. we'll get to that. He crushes Next. the image, throws it in the trash with the alcohol. And we are straight back to the CIC with an alarm that a raider has appeared. Action stations are called. A single Cylon raider jumps in. Ty learns that Adama is not on the ship, and he takes charge. Lee manages to damage the raider, which jumps away. Ty knows that the raider will likely alert other Cylons to the fleet's location. They realize that the same raider jumped back. He jumps away, jumps back, and Ty wonders if it's a wounded bird. So yeah. he does something pretty smart here. He orders Apollo not to engage the raider. He scrambles a raptor to gather intelligence on it as it flops around. And then, of course, in the middle of the chaos, we hear Adama's returning. And uh, that's that. He and then, of course, Ty goes down to the deck to meet his wife. So and this of course, whole scene wasn't he also preparing an emergency jump? Like if they needed to, we were we were going to yes. be able to jump out relatively yep. soon. Yep. Because they they were thinking that they were going to have another fleet, you know, fall down on top of them. Sure. The raider appearing is usually the harbinger of the fleet, so you you have to. I think standard protocol for these guys on the CIC, whoever's the officer of the watch is to do something like, let's spool up the FTLs, plot the drive, jump, because we can't win. There's too many of them, and I think that's... I think retreating is pretty consistent. They, the humans, take their yeah. attacks of opportunity when possible. Yeah, absolutely. They know they do not have the kind of force to take on a fleet anymore. What do you? What were your impressions of these uh, of, of, of this scene here? I really, I mean, the the scene on the CIC and, and Ty stepping up, taking control, I still love his unhesitating nature to step in when it needs to be done. He seems like, he, there's never a moment in the series where I've thought, even, you know, I think the most questioned he's ever been about his, you know, judgment is that episode where they had to flush out a whole part of the ship and it, you know, it, it killed, you know, 60, mini 70 series. people. Yeah, the miniseries. Yeah, back in the miniseries. And, you know, the chief was really, and I think still obviously to this day, questions that and thinks that wasn't a good call. But even that call, I'm like, that's a hard, awful, in-the-moment call you have to make in order to save the ship. Uh, and I still respect his judgment. And that's the thing I love about Ty the most. You know, we see him in his personal life a little bit, you know, Rocky, but I feel like when when he's standing on the CIC, he is one of the best, absolutely shoulder to shoulder with Adama. And there are times where I feel like his judgment has been clearer than Adama's. I mean, as far as militarily speaking. And so I love this scene. I'm just like, oh, fucking Ty in charge. Colonel, fucking, I was just say, Colonel Ty is one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking I, great. He, he, he is 
His personal life is nothing short of a disaster. <laughs> right. It is a fucking disaster with the alcoholism and, of course, with Ellen Ty. Now that she's back in the fold, I, I mean, what kind of traje- trajectory does the show have in store for Colonel Ty? But as you're saying, when he is there, I think that he does make the decisions that he needs to make. And he oh, makes yeah. them fast, and he tries to make them for the betterment of the whole ship. When Starbuck was missing, you can't go home again, he was saying, these are the things that we need to do. Now, Adama and Lee end up being right in the end by happenstance because Starbuck makes it out. That's the most important thing to note. But luckily, they were right. (laughs) Right. But they're lucky that the Silence did not, in fact, attack. Uh, Ty, even though Starbuck was recovered, Ty still wasn't wrong. He was just making a more hardline stance on it. And uh, the president backed him up on that. Yeah. Uh, we do know that Ty, uh, we, we saw him drinking quite a bit in the early parts of this season, and then he kind of came off it, but now we're seeing him go right back again. Uh, I wonder if what this will do to his command authority. We know that Starbuck Ooh. is not a huge fan of his as a result of that. Boy, They've bring just always back had the, this rivalry. Bringing back the loose-in-the-collar stubble tie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some good shit red eyes. <laughs> but... It, you know, when I think back on this episode, outside of a little bit of stuff with Rosalind, there's really no personal struggle stuff going on outside of Ty this episode. I mean, it's called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, so you would imagine that's the case. Uh, I, and I do like it. I like that we see him make these decisions. And you know what I've noticed about Ty? He makes decisions pretty quickly when Adama's not there. When Adama's yeah. there, he tends to lay off a little because I think he has so much respect for Adama. Yeah, that he defers to him. He defers to him. I mean, he, he is second in command, but he definitely is more of a deferrer than, say, Riker. True. That's right. a good point. That's a really Riker, good point Riker show. makes decisions. Shields up, do this, do that. And if Captain Picard doesn't like it, he belays that shit. Whereas Ty, I think, is a little more hesitant, and that's because I think he has so much respect for Adama at this point. You know, it's true. That's a, you know, it's interesting. This it, it's an interesting time that we talk about this since Adama's not actually here in this scene. But it, in considering past scenes where they're both on the bridge, you know, the bridge, the CIC. I'm going <laughs> to use Star Trek fucking terms forever. Um, but they're on the CIC and uh, and they're making decisions together. Ty's it's the way Ty acts is is almost as if he's ready to shield Adama against everybody else's question. Indeed. Like he respects Adama so much that he's. He, when Adama's there making calls, he defers to him, and he's ready to slap down anybody else questioning Adama. He's like, fuck off, <laughs> let, let the commander make his decision. Like, Yeah, I like that. He, it's interesting that he can be so in charge when he needs to be. You know, that's, that's one of the most interesting traits about his leadership and a good leader is that it's not that he's just a good, oh, natural leader, and he, in every situation he steps up to be a leader. No, he knows and can recognize the times when he's like, and now I step down and defer. This is the guy who needs to lead here. Yeah. If, he, if I need to step up, I will fucking step up without a hesitation. But that, that you know, being a good leader means you're not the leader all the time. Sure. Part of Ty's problem is his lack of charisma with the rest of the <laughs> officers. True. Uh, and I think that's part of the thing. But he's admitted as much to embracing a role. If the ship doesn't hate the XO, he's not doing his job. He said those words. <laughs> While he spits tobacco in the right. face of some private. Right. And uh, so he, he plays it up a little, I think. But now, in, in, in full disclosure here, I do know the fate of Colonel Ty because I've seen the whole series. Oh, yeah. And the reason I'm preemptively saying this is because I don't want to, anyone to think that what I'm about to say is a slip-up. I'm completely aware of what I'm saying. 
and it will maintain a mystery until we conclude the series for Matthew. So here's what I'm going to say. This may be true or it may be false, and hopefully my preemptive move on saying it this way will help mm-hmm. people know that I didn't fuck up and reveal something accidentally, and that's this. Of everyone on the ship, I think that Ty would sacrifice himself for Adama at the drop of a fucking hat before anybody else would for anybody else. That's how much I love and watch and admire Colonel Ty, the way he reveres Commander Adama. Now, I'm not saying that does or doesn't happen, because I want you guys to know that I am aware of what happens, and I wouldn't have even have said that if I... Because if I'd said that and didn't address it, everyone would be going, oh my God, what happens? Does he, does he not? Did Dean fuck up? I'm telling exactly. you, I then that's what in I'm a figurative you the, sense. He's the kind yes. of person who would lay down his life for a without hesitation, in without yeah, in an instant. Do it, yeah, yep. because I think he has so much reverence for the man, and I can see that, you know. And I, obviously, I don't know what happens, but I can see that makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, right. I can imagine Ty being that way. Yeah, and I thought that from jump. I, I was four episodes into the series before I made that decision. All right, Dean, just fucking just admit it. The title's foreshadowing, and those are his last words to Adama. Just. Tie me up, Captain. Tie me down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking bleeding out. Fucking <laughs> Starship Troopers. He's just a torso. <laughs> Rico's roughnecks. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. Um, was there anything else I want to say about Ty? I feel like I missed it, but I, I will come back to it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the RIP uh, good functioning Ty. We're not going to get him back for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell me about Paul Hogan. Is that his name? great actor, the guy who plays Ty, his expressions when he sees Ellen step into view on that raptor. I yeah. present to you your wife. Your wife. Colonel. Yeah. No, he, and he is totally, it's like he had already just made peace with the Paul idea of Hogan? her being dead. Yes. I'm an did. asshole. That's fucking Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, when you said that, I was like, that name sounds familiar in a different context, but whatever. <laughs> wow. Michael What's Hogan. His real name? Michael Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Logan, aka. No, no, no. Paul Hogan. 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 Oh, it is Hogan. Same last name, bitch. You watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's good. You brought my waffle? Right. <laughs> Jesus. It's not a knife. No, that's not my wife. He knows she's a Cylon right away. <laughs> that's not a wife. <laughs> Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, I don't need your Cylon detector. I suck at Australian. Anyway. <laughs> Let me pull off one of the croc teeth from me hat and fucking kill a Cylon with it. Could I get myself a boomerang because that's all we got. Um, I don't know, man. I think that was awesome. His His expression is exactly what I imagined it would be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 he is totally... In that moment, he is not even happy yet. He is just totally in shock. Like, it is just, he never, ever expected to see this. Because life changes, doesn't it, in, a, in an instant? Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Has the, show, has the show done a good job of giving you some intel on Ellen Ty prior to you meeting her? Well, yeah. So what do, what do we know about her at this point? All we know right now, has it even, I can't remember, has it been revealed that... Adama had ordered a test on an, a person named Ellen yet, or is that something that comes up later? That comes up r- pretty early when um, when uh, when Gaius reports that Adama called off the test for a woman named Ellen. Have, Doesn't give the already... last name because they wanted to keep it under wraps. But I yeah. guess what I'm trying to say is, outside of Ellen, 
when we see her behavior, what did you anticipate? What kind of character did you anticipate, did anticipate when she yeah. stepped onto the onto the Galactica? Oof. You know, I had no real. To be honest, I flat out thought the character was dead. Like I, 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 the show had convinced me that she was gone, that she was a dead character. So I had, you know, pretty much put her out of my mind. I didn't even expect to see a flashback of her. I thought it was just going to be something, you know, maybe I figured that we would have times where Ty would talk about her and we might get a monologue from Ty of talking about his past or something. I didn't really expect to ever see this person at all. So the show got me as far as like, I, wow, okay, I, Colonel Ty's wife is a part of the show now. Holy shit. But when he's um, burning cigarette holes in her image, what are you thinking? Well, I thought, yeah, I thought he was both mourning. You know, I thought it was like an ex one, Like I was saying, I was confused whether she was his actual ex-wife or not. And I thought it was a situation of, yes, she is, you know, he is divorced from her, yet they still had feelings for one another, even though it was a messy, rocky thing. Okay. And the fact that That's I, I thought I'm it was going to be one yeah. of those. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those things that, like, she died before he ever got to make amends for how awful their marriage was, and he just, you know, permanently feels guilty about that. Okay. Good. That's what I thought it was. I had no, I mean, my my idea of who what she was like never even crossed my mind. Perfect. That's what I wanted to know. There we go. <laughs> so, Silent Occupied Caprica. Should we go, you know, we haven't done this in a while. I think this is an episode where we can sum up all of the Caprica stuff in, in one blast here. Yep, let's do it. Let's so, do it. we start with Hilo and Sharon on the run. And uh, Hilo wonders why they sent an entire army. And she says it was because of her. She overheard the intelligence. She learned that while she was captured, that there's a big silent base at Delphi. And of course, Hilo reacts poorly to that. And the reason Hilo acts poorly to that, and this is a behind the scenes thing, is, is that Delphi is the spiritual center of all colonies. Whoa. So it's the Mecca of these of the civilization. Oh, so he's not wanting to bring Cylons or he doesn't want them being pursued straight into Delphi. Well, he's just disgusted that they are using. Oh, that they're there. Right. Gotcha. Okay. She says, look, it's the best place for us to grab a ship and get off this fracking planet. And that's exactly. planet. Yep. That's exactly what she says. Yeah. Um, we move over to, uh, Hilo is gassed out. He's tired. Sharon helps him along. She doesn't get tired. Yeah. Adrenaline, she says. <laughs> I loved, yeah, I love how he's just like totally fried, and he's like, "How are, how are you still just going? You're never get tired." And she, she just lit with her fucking android fury. Huh? It's just adrenaline. It's adrenaline. Keep, keep going. Yeah, Superior but- Asian genetics. Um. <laughs> <laughs> way better than your shitty out of shape white guy genetics <laughs> but uh but no yeah i i like that in the first and the first you know drop in we get on caprica in this episode that you're still up in the air of like is she just saying it's my fault as part of you know uh, well let's talk ongoing- about it as a whole because yeah. we have this we have six and doral talking they can't yeah. find sharon or hilo hmm. we've searched every building every street they slipped through how's that possible so, first of all, does it not surprise you that they're even have to search for her? Isn't she on a mission? Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, with the lengthy, crazy, twisty, turny schemes they've had so far, it wouldn't surprise me that they send out tons of Cylons and have a big search. The part that, the the moment where I was like, oh shit, she really is going against the actual Cylon uh-huh. mission is when Doral and Six are talking. He's like, 
we really can't find her. Why is that? And then and she's like, well, you know, she feels compassion now and compassion makes him do wild things. And and so they're talking about her as if she has gone rogue. Like this is not part of the plan. Uh. And this is the first time, at least in my mind, and hey, who knows? Maybe I could still be wrong. This could still be, maybe they know that she was going to fall actually prey to human feelings and they wanted that to happen. And that's, a, that's a, still a part of the larger scheme. But I'm going to give the credence to the idea here that she really is going rogue, and this was not a part of their plan. And they're like, well, fuck. Because especially, and this is the the real meat of this, you know, uh, the interactions between uh, Caprica Boomer and Hilo here, not that important. They don't nope. say that much. They're just running. They're on the underground tunnels. You know, it's interesting that her as a Cylon, I feel like she knew that might be the best way to go, you know, because we, we, we've never seen as many uh, toaster Cylons as we do in this episode. I mean, they're fucking everywhere. There's sure. just tons of them up above ground. So they can't. They're not even able to go above ground. We we never see them come out of the tunnels, but we see the meat of this is Doral and Six's conversation, and the really real meat of it is Six's fucking reactions. Mm, and Doral is fucking pinning her down. He's like, maybe indeed. you're just upset because you haven't felt that kind of compassion. And she, I mean, she looks like she's gonna break into tears. I mean, she is crushed by this, yes. which again I think speaks volumes that we've you know we've speculated a lot about our. Is every Cylon model truly one consciousness? And I think that I think this one hundred percent means yes, because I think this means Six is very ambivalent about her relationship with Gaius and feels like why doesn't he love me yet? Why wouldn't he do this? Why did he try to rebel against me and 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 throw you know my God in my face and everything? Because this this uh, Hilo is ready to fucking die for this you know Caprica Boomer, and I think there she legitimately is upset about how her relationship with Gaius is. Hmm. Interesting. I do like this a lot. I like, I, th- this is, yeah, right. The, the importance of the Caprica stuff is right here between Doral and Six, no question. Oh, yeah. Does it bother you? He asks Six. You have never experienced it. Oh, so hard. <laughs> you know, that's what's so interesting. Yeah, Doral, like we've said before, is the, the coldest of yes. the Cylons. Like he is, you know, the other ones kind of dip there, especially, you know, this... The if we I guess if we want to break it into examples, the boomer aboard the Galactica is the most human Cylon that we know of. You know, she still believes Galactica she's a boomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one on board the Galactica, she believes she's a human being. Has no notion that she's even a Cylon, so she is fully into it. Um, the six, I think, is the more middle road one where she is very aware. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Yeah, I think I think you don't think Galactica boomer suspects a little bit. I well yeah I mean, yeah based no I on think what we've seen she's she's got a lot of fear about that doubts have entered her mind um, I mean the water episode in, in, alone she was like oh my god what happened they're gonna think I'm a Cylon what's going on well exactly but yeah exactly I don't I don't think there's ever a moment where she's like oh god I am one I think she's just like oh fuck I think people are gonna think I'm one and then okay. maybe the doubt has crept in of like well fuck maybe I am maybe I couldn't even know but right I up until think- he, he, he she, right up until she's reported as bright very green very. Very bright. Very thing. especially <laughs> human you are. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. But no, and then I think Six is more of the middle of the road of very aware she's a Cylon, obviously, knows what she's doing. Sure. But she is still really standing, I don't know, kind of halfway on the border between Cylon and human because she is very mixed up with Gaius and very, I think, in it for her own aims in a lot of ways. And then the boomer on uh, on Caprica is kind of – leaning back towards obviously closer to asylum we're seeing her kind of get more involved with Hilo. 
But Dural is the furthest end of the spectrum of like, I'm a fucking Cylon. Fuck these human insects. Like, I don't give a shit. And, and so he has absolutely no sympathy or feeling about it at all. He has at best, we've seen in this episode, a curiosity about it. Over how he's like, hmm, it's so interesting. What it would be like to feel something that, that makes you that wild, that makes you that passionate. Mm. And, and, and Six is like, yeah, I wonder. Just fucking nibbling her lip. Right. Yeah, it's funny that you. It, it's funny the way you're describing them, because I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. I'd like to explore that. So, you have we we know that there are sleeper agents. We know that because yeah. we've seen the TV show. We've seen <laughs> Galactica Boomer's behavior. We've seen the the, uh, the sabotage of water. Mm-hmm. We've seen the stealing of explosives. We've seen different things like this. We know that she blew up the water reserves. She was activated, woke up, didn't remember. That's one of the first episodes we get. I think yeah. it's the second episode we get. So we know that she gets, somebody flips the switch, something happens, and then she's like, where am I? Where have I been? I'm soaking wet. Holy shit, the water blew up because somebody swam in there and put explosives in it. That was me. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. So we know we have sleep agents. Then we know we have, and then we can take Caprica Boomer by, by a complete different look, and that's somebody who was on the planet with a mission so completely self-aware that she is in fact Cylon. Yeah. Has a mission, knows what she's doing. Now that doesn't mean... That mission gets changed, corrupted in her mind. Perhaps. It does get corrupted by her own personal feelings for Hilo. Yeah. Based on what Six and Doral told her last week, which was he either, you know, you guys live happily ever after or he gets a bullet. (laughs) Right. So figure it out. And now you have Six and Doral where Six is saddened by on the surface what looks like doral saying you've never experienced anything like that we know that six is a very sensual beast and to be told that she's never experienced it and may never hurts her she gets angry to try to mask that by saying that he is pathetic (laughs) right and doral's wonders what it would be like to feel like that he also is curious even in anguish he seems alive was the words he said and that's yeah. where Six had a sad face, almost crying. Yeah, exactly. That and and that could be still a lot of things. Is it? You know, I was speculating. I mean, I still lean towards this. Of it's her feelings about the inadequacy of the relationship between her and Gaius. That like it's not as passionate. You know, it it doesn't have the the honesty and the passion. Obviously, of it's of got their, passion for sure. But. It's got passion, but I still don't think there's a lot of trust uh, uh, between respect. them. Respect, trust, think, yeah. Yeah, do you think guys respects um, her? Fuck no. I mean, I th- I still think that if guy, you know, in a way he's enjoying her, but it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. Whereas I think if somebody was like, hey, if you wave, I, here's the device, you just wave it over your head and it will fucking zap her right out of it. He would do it in an instant. He'd be like, oh my God, thank you, free me, Jesus. Like, you know, right. he would, he would I, want I'm not that. sure. I'm not sure because he gets so much mm. insight. Well, that's true. But, but I, you I might know. be right. I, you might be right. I mean, because he's definitely tortured by it. And, and now he just gets in embarrassing situations where he's fucking humping air in front of everybody. Sure. That's got to suck. Right, but, right. um, But yeah, I'd, it's either that or just the – the she's so close to – she has such an interest in human beings and a curiosity about them. But maybe an awareness that no matter what I do, I am still a Cylon and I'll never truly feel the fullness of an anguished passion like that. Like I can't fully achieve that emotion and maybe that's what – bothering her i don't know i mean again inscrutable fucking crazy enemy here that's that's the most interesting things about the show to me let's talk about the collective conscious stuff that you keep talking about oh yeah 
So the show tells us that there are many copies. It, it, it admits as much, and we know as much right up front because we've seen it. We've seen multiple sixes, multiple boomers, et cetera. Yeah. Let's just talk about Boomer for a second. When sure. Boomer on, when you say collective conscious, we know that they are, there are copies. They're literal copies of one another. What your suggestion or, or suggesting is, is that Boomer on Caprica is completely aware of what Boomer on Galactica is doing, correct? Yes, but that the Boomer on Galactica is not aware of what the Boomer on Caprica is doing. That there is some kind of purposeful... Whoa, 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 in- whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Okay. Oh, see, we talked about this a little before, but it gets hairy. It gets hairy. Um, my idea, my current, <laughs> my current very in- feeble theory about how the Cylons work is like, let's say, you know, let's take the example of Boomer. Okay. So we have the Caprica one and we have the one on Galactica. They are the same consciousness. However, you know, what does that mean? That if they wanted to, if it were turn that, okay, I'll say this. So obviously the boomer on Galactica has been activated at some point. You know, she doesn't remember being (laughs) fucking planting bombs and blowing up the water tank, but she did it. I mean, the show has told us that she did it. So she was activated and made a full-blown Cylon in that moment was activated by Cylon command or whatever you want to say. But she was activated to carry out a mission. But to carry out her mission. So what I think that means is that in that moment where she was activated, she was then fully a part of the same boomer consciousness that is animating the boomer on Capricorn. All right, so let me jump in. So Galactica Boomer, Mm -hmm. seemingly normal life. We learned she's a Cylon at the end of the miniseries. Yeah. She gets activated and destroys the water tank. During that activation, your position is is that her and Caprica Boomer, who we haven't met at this point, no. is they they are sharing the same consciousness in that moment. They they and what that means exactly is is that the Galactica Boomer is privy to everything that the Caprica Boomer is, and the Caprica Boomer is privy to everything that the Galactica Boomer knows. Yes, but that that can be turned on Back and off. off. Yeah. And like, I think I mentioned this on a prior episode, the idea of like, you know, you can put, you can put in, um, oh, I'm going to fuck up. No, that's the word I'm looking for. You can put a partition in a hard drive. Okay. That's the way I like to think. No, I get you because you're speaking, now the anomaly in this, the the anomaly in your theory is the fact that Galactica Boomer is in fact a sleeper agent. So she is dormant, believes she's a human, acts as a human moves in in a, in a in a way a human does meaning that all her actions are human like she yeah. does what she needs to do with the exception of a few weird moments where she sings to raiders and she gets activated to blow up water tanks <laughs> right. caprica 6 on the other hand and i'm saying caprica because i mean the one on the planet yeah do you think that she is experiencing whatever this thing going on in gaius's head is i you think say yes right because that's why yeah. you're saying she's sad here yeah, I think that this is that, that there is a six consciousness and that it animates all of her copies all at once. Okay. And now yeah. let me ask you this. Do you believe that two sixes would have a conversation? There would be no that need the sh- to, correct? Yeah, I think the show might show us that. Like there might be two different copies of well, six talking, but it's almost like her talking to herself. Yeah. But what would be the point if the, if you share a consciousness with somebody, conversation is irrelevant, no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm asking. I'm just trying to, I, I want to understand where you're at only because I know a couple of things that happen and I'm just trying to zero in on where you're at just mm. so I can uh, prompt you along if I need to. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So, if there, and, so in other words, 
if there are active self-aware silence that are not sleeper agents, there's, there's no reason for them to converse because you're saying that they have one conscious, that they're not, in other words, they don't have individual identities. That each of the copies do? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. That, that's, right. I mean, that's just my theory. I don't fucking know. But I like it. No, <laughs> I like where you're I have. I just wanted to work it out with you. Yeah. And I like to, you know, I imagine it as, you know, here's all the Boomer. Let's say there's a hundred copies of Boomer and there's only one that's on the Galactica as a sleeper agent. That And so all the rest of the copies of her are one consciousness, maybe all doing different things, deployed in different places doing things, but they are very aware that they are all a copy of, of Boomer and they're being animated by the same exact consciousness. And that consciousness, the one that, it, that part of her consciousness that's aware of we are all Boomer, they're, that, they control the partition that they, you know, if you're like, imagine it like one long rectangle and 99% of it is one color. At the very tip, the 1% is a different color. But the 99% controls the little barrier and they can take away that barrier and make it all one color again and activate that 1% that they had partitioned off, independent, doing its own thing, believing it's a human being. And then they can reinitiate that barrier and make her independent again. Or like I said, pull it away and add her back into the consciousness and make her a Cylon, you know, activated sleeper cell again. With the advantages being that the rest of the Sharon copies are aware of the mission in question when the sleeper is activated. Exactly. Okay. That's my idea. All right. So it, you Watch know what me my, totally fucking wrong. I think what makes the conversation easier is to liken it to clones. Yeah. So if Matthew has a clone, Matthew is an individual and clone Matthew is an individual. They do not in fact share a conscious, exactly, but they have yeah. the same exact experience. So your suggestion, your suggesting is, is that they're not, why do I keep saying suggestion? Fucking <laughs> moron. You're suggesting that they are not, that they are not really clones, but no. more they are the different arms of the central spider of that one consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's gotcha. what I think. There All right. Whew, boy. So, so each one of the 12 is a Borg, basically. Their own uh, collective, in a sense. Yes. To, unto themselves, in a way, yeah. Unto themselves, right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There's my theory. Where's my PhD? Where is it? Hand it to me. <laughs> I fucking presented a thesis. I sent the way for it, dude. It'll be in like two weeks. Ah, nice. It's coming from Zimbabwe. <laughs> definitely an accredited uh institution for sure um watch there be like some amazing institution there and we're just too dumb to know just fucking asshole white american <laughs> dudes all right oh gets <laughs> called by roslyn ba, 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 ba. she wants to know when a dom's test will be done and he's like well he scuttled that test in favor of or scrapped it in favor of testing a woman named ellen and she is not happy she immediately, with her presidential power, reverses that decision. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's pissed off. And this is, of course, dumping onto her pile of suspicions. That, oh, shit, that's unusual behavior. That's Cylon saboteur behavior. The thing I like about this is that we don't know the wife's name is Ellen yet. Yes, exactly. So that's what I was trying to add. I couldn't remember if in that scene... By the time we see, I mean, by the time we see Ellen revealed, if if we had gotten the scene of her talk of Rosalind talking to Gaius about that yet, I guess we hadn't. Nope, it comes right after. Uh, we move over to Ty and, Ty and Ellen talking. She doesn't remember the first few weeks. She says she has been on the Rising Star. She remembers being on PyCon, buying a ticket. She heard something about Cylons. Then she remembers dreams. Up until a couple days ago, she was knocked out when the Cylons attacked the airport. Someone picked <laughs> me up and put me on the last flight out. Some savior. Now this. This was the, I was like, oh, come on, Battlestar. You are fucking with us so hard here. You're like, 
feeding it to us like, oh, of course she's a Cylon, right? Look at this bullshit Sounds story she's like got. A Cylon cover story, a <laughs> real bad one. <laughs> it was miraculous, and I don't remember anything to explain the practicalities of it all. I just woke oh. up here. Can you take me to engineering and all the sensitive areas of your ship this for a tour? <laughs> Can I have a secret meeting with all the higher-ups myself? Can you like, give me all your secrets? Can you zip up my suicide vest? Oh, fucking right. Jesus. I was like, oh, come on. You're making it too easy on me, Ronald Moore. I don't believe you. Right. It was so obvious that it was so it bordered on ludicrous. <laughs> that it had to be a throw. Yeah, a fake. Starbuck, Adam, and Tyrrell uh, found a treasure chest. The raider just keeps jumping back and forth and offering up more intel as they uh, just suck up all the intelligence that is leaking with their raptor. And then, of yeah. course, Lee enters the scene late, and Adam asks him if he has dinner plans. But boom, <laughs> we move back to Ty and Ellen. And you know, I, I, I want to stop there real quick just Go for ahead. a moment because I thought it was odd at first that um, Commander, you know, came to Lily and was like, you don't have dinner plans, right? All right, come, come with me. Like, it's one of those sure. things where it seems, in his fashion, it seems still very, like, official. But I think yes. this is really at a time of him being like, I don't want to fucking go to this alone. A hundred percent, dude. please, Lee. I'm, I'm too, he's too scared to be like, please don't let me go alone. Like, he's like, son, come with me, please. Do you <laughs> I, think, I fucking can't stand her. Do you think Starbuck <laughs> would be a little miffed? I mean, she's also a lieutenant. How come fucking Lee went? I know. Well, you know, yeah, son, it's a, it's it's a family gonna, thing. I we will you. we'll suffer as a family, son. <laughs> we'll fucking right. endure this fucking <laughs> hurricane of a woman. <laughs> she really is. I hope you don't. I hope you don't mind having your balls fondled by the balls of her feet. <laughs> Yikes! Jesus. I never thought I'd see you again. Ellen tells Ty the things I said and did. She starts. Ty says it's all in the past. We're going to start over. They share a kiss. Ty gets called away. President called him. Ty can't really explain why. It's classified. Ellen yeah. says she will wait. But I think what we're seeing here is part of a problem with their relationship in the past, and that's reasonable. It's reasonable for her to feel this way, to be like, oh, I can never know. You're always getting pulled away, blah, blah. I mean, she should know. She married a, a colonel. In the, I mean, right. a colonel. An yeah. active duty colonel who runs a fucking flagship. Well, maybe yeah. not a flagship, but the well, it is now. Damn straight. But still, this is a guy with an immense responsibility and uh, it's privy to a lot of confidential information. Yeah, it seems this was a sticking point in their relationship based on this right here. Because it's easy for us to go, oh, she slept around. She's a piece of shit. We hate her. What's her angle? And then we go, okay, makes sense. Uh, You know, it's not a. It's not a super unique thing, but it seems reasonable for us to conclude that this is a problem, a sticking point for them, where he's always getting pulled away. She's super needy and requires his fucking constant attention and uh, constant validation, even though she's a grown up. It causes a causes a rift. Are you sure about that? Causes a rift. Yeah. Oish. That's one way of saying it. Yeah. Now we are going to get to the crux of what's going on here where we learn who Ellen is because we open on Ty immediately talking to the president saying, you need to be careful what you're saying. I've known this man for 30 years. He's talking about Adama, of course. Oh yeah. I owe him. I owe my life many times over. She asks if he has seen anything suspicious. And then Rosalind. Unhesitating. No, 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 I have not. Rosalind asks about the connection between Adama's absence and the Raider. Ty tells her that Adama was getting Ty's getting my wife. He mentions her name, Ellen, which, of course, Rosalind goes, ah. There's our Ellen. Our, our Ellen. Jesus. There's our Ellen. She's a, is, is Rosalind a little annoying here? She's like, oh, my gods. 
Crazy. Your wife's alive. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> She's so insincere here. It's so pal- palpable to me. Uh, you know, like, I, oh didn't, my God, I didn't pick that's... up on that when I first go around. But I oh. do, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh my God, really? That's crazy. I want to meet your wife. <laughs> of course. <laughs> she should have been just like curling a strand of her hair around her index finger. Oh my God, <laughs> your wife is alive. Really? I'm so happy. Really? Is that right? That is a story. Wow. <laughs> she seems so disingenuous here. I don't know she bothers me. Yeah. But, uh, well, t- after having, you know, go, coming back to this retrospectively, knowing what his wife is like, I'm like, yeah, that is the appropriate reaction. Yeah, but she didn't know that. <laughs> no, she didn't know that, though. But yeah. Rosalind, <laughs> Rosalind, um, you know, you know, what's kind of awesome and, and a little sad in the same note. And this is something I noticed watching it this time, and I never noticed it before, and that's this. Colonel Ty immediately goes to bat for Adama, but Adama wants to test Ellen. It's kind of like, oh, what a bummer. That's true. I mean, yeah. it makes sense why Adama would, and I'm assuming Adama would never suspect that Ty would be a Cylon. I think I think if the seats were reversed, he'd be saying, this is ludicrous, I'll, I'm going now. Like, if, yeah. if, if, in other words, if Rosalind was suspicious about Ty, I think Adama would probably do the same thing. But it's funny to think, oh, he's sticking up for Adama unhesitatingly, so loyal, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. And Adama's over here, you know, quietly testing his wife. I'm just like, oh, yeah. that's brutal. <laughs> True. But then again, that still comes out of a, a protectionist friendship kind yes. of uh, thing. Because he's yes. like, your wife has been a destructive force in your life. <laughs> like, yes. I know you love her, and that's why I brought her back to you and didn't hide her from you. But fuck, got to yes. be careful. I, I agree. I agree. But no, it's a good point, though. We cut back to guys being told to resume the test, and his face here is just classic. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's already, like we were saying, doing this awful grunt work again. For It is like a Sisyphean prison sentence of like, and you will test vials of blood until you, the fucking you, end of time. Can you educate me? What did you just say? A what prison sentence? Sisyphean? The what myth the of Sisyphus? Fuck? The guy who's cursed to roll the fucking boulder up the hill forever oh, by Zeus? Jesus. Is that a Jesus thing? <laughs> What? Is that a Bible thing? I don't fucking know. No, it's the Greek myth. Oh, all right. Gotcha. I was I a fucking I was a fucking literature major. I fucking it's all in there. It's bouncing yeah. around. Well, you know, I read Bullfinch's mythology and that other broad Hamilton. Was that her name? <laughs> I read those what? books. I just don't remember the boulder <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a, just an awful fucking fate he's already despising. And now he has mom and dad coming from different sides saying, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you start this test. No, stop that one and do this one. And like he hasn't, you know, it's been probably a full day, day and a half, and he hasn't completed one test. Brutal. It's like, oh my God. So Ty gets back to his quarters and Ellen is uh, got a little ambrosia. And uh, boy, this was rough to watch. This is like green fantasy wine. Like this shit looks ridiculous. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was uh, absinthe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know absinthe is green, but this is like ridiculous. I mean, this is like, I, I, hey, it's St. Patty's Day, everybody. Drip some fucking food coloring in there. <laughs> yeah, it's but ambrosia, yeah. I guess, which ambrosia. I thought was the dessert, but I. What the fuck do I know? Yeah, we're not classy enough, Dean. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Okay, yeah, Mister Fucking uh, Sassafras, whatever. <laughs> It's a sassafrasian eternal damnation. Freaking you and your sassafras. Uh. <laughs> All right. Cut to the dinner party because uh, now that they're sufficiently uh, in the craziest, bag. Craziest scene of the series so far. Yeah. Like, holy shit. This is the punt, I think, George. Uh, George. Yep. 
Why does uh, Ron Moore was going for <laughs> fucking hail mary here? Like, yeah, all right, we are even. really he's just punting the ball. He's like, we're done. It's third down. We're not going to go. Where it's it's fourth down. We're one hundred percent not going for it. Punt that fucker and play defense. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. So um, Ellen reports on the pulse of the civilians. People are mostly optimistic, although there is a small minority who wonders if a kindergarten teacher is the best president. She oh, takes a little man. shots, a little shots fired at Roslyn, which I actually kind of like. <sighs> Of everyone here, though, you can tell, like, you know, because Lee and Adama both know her, even though they don't, they obviously don't, aren't very fond of her, but they have a history with her to some extent. And Rosalind is just now meeting her and she just fucking hates her. <laughs> like, hates her. Can't stand her. Ellen is drunk, obviously. She compliments on Lee's appearance, wonders about Zach. That doesn't go well. Zach's dead. Whoops. Oh, right. Tragic. Party foul. I brought up your dead relative. And then she has the nerve to be like, the death of a child. How tragic. So much death and pain. And then she starts to play footsies with Lee, tries to give him a little tug job with the feet, (laughs) which I'm sure Tarantino would love. Right. This is his favorite favorite moment of the series. (laughs) (laughs) Wiggle your big toe. (laughs) I want that little piggy going to market. Uh, <laughs> Adama says that the rising star captain was puzzled as to how Ellen was on the ship. She says that some thoughtful soul rescued her from certain death. Adama continues, nobody can recall giving you medical assistance past a week ago. She's like, I know. I know it. A miracle. Isn't it crazy? It's nuts. It's uh-huh. nuts. It's crazy. Ellen right. asks Adama, where is Earth and when do we get there? He says this is, of course, classified, which I'm sure... Goes up her ass sideways. <laughs> yeah, there's that word again. Oh, she's so all, tired of hearing it. We're all family here, Billy. Uh, <laughs> Rosalind tells Ellen that the need for secrecy is paramount. Sounds like people now. Ellen, of course, knew this. And uh, Rosalind gets a little accusatory. She's like, oh, really? I just got out. But I was like, well, I mean, it's not as secret as if you think, Rosalind. And then yeah. the table gets quiet, and Ellen just shouts, boo. Of course. That shit made me laugh so hard. Dude. Like, that was <laughs> one of the redeeming moments yes. for Ellen, for me, of where, you know, the and what's so great about that is that, you know, the scene is so striking and so silly and different from everything else in Battlestar. And in that moment, when that paranoia kind of seeps in and it goes quiet again, like, this is the Battlestar we know. It, like, comes back to that, ooh. Who can you trust? And then she just shits on it with that boo. And like that to see yes. Adama actually like kind of jump a little bit too. And she's like, ah, I gotcha. Like, it's fucking hilarious. Like Trump that was, chicks, that was great. She's like Ugh. totally white girl wasted. So um, white girl wasted. Oh my God. Um, Ellen gropes Lee some more. She's drunk as fuck. Ty and Ellen so are going to start to go. They're gonna get a real, just fucking palm full of ham off of Lee. Yeah, after after the boo, Adam is like, "Thanks for everyone for coming." He's like, "This is done." <laughs> I love though he's just shut shit down. Uh, do you actually think that woman is a Cylon? Rosalind says as she leaves, which is what everyone is thinking as they watch the show. It's it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Adama says, "Hey, she slept with half the crew." Brings out the worst in him. I mean, that's that's crazy. <laughs> God, uh, brings out the destructiveness. Yeah. Uh, we then move over to Ellen and Ty continuing to walk home. Ellen throws her legs around Ty's head and sings that Bill doesn't know where Earth is. Gaius shows up and she is into Gaius. Oh my God. Yeah. So, well, and also because, you know, we forget about this, but Gaius is 
a, not just a famous scientist, he's a celebrity, you know, celebrity. he's like Neil he's deGrasse Tyson on, on steroids in their yeah. civilization. I, I imagine basically yeah. like he's Except the most known scientist, a little more competent around women. I imagine no offense, Neil. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, uh, hey, you got to go look at those pictures of back when he was in college playing football. Damn. Damn. Dude was in shape. But yeah, uh, no, no, but what I guess what I'm saying is that guy, Gaius is a charmer. He's a schmoozer. He's very charismatic. He's handsome. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. He's a celebrity. He's chicks gonna like him. Yeah, it's just the and way you it know, goes. I I know this is probably ludicrous, but in this scene where you know she's like, oh, I know who you are, and they're like shaking hands, and then six pops up over his shoulder. Yeah, and she's there. When you see their, you know, when you see Ellen's face, you know, over uh, Ty's shoulder and her face over his, I was like, is six a model of a younger Ellen? Like. They look like I could totally see a human version of six aging into Ellen, <laughs> like being this drunk and like, come on, boys, like fucking. <laughs> Who wants you know, to run a train on me? <laughs> Let's start with the lower decks. Uh, she is your high school friend's mom who got like way too comfortable with with her yeah, son's yeah. friends. Like she's definitely fucking the seniors. Oh god, yeah, throwing. Pie. I bought booze, boys. I got a dime bag and some booze. Drag your knuckles in here and just fucking plow me. Um, <laughs> you fucking troglodytes. <laughs> you horny, horse dick troglodyte monsters. Yeah. You know you want this. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Let's <laughs> so back on track. I'll pay you late fees from Blockbuster. Um. <laughs> anyway. Ellen, uh, where are we? Oh, Ty, of course, Ellen, yeah, guy shows up, Ty's pissed, totally turned off. She calls it harmless flirting. Ellen then tells Ty that Adama put his hand on her leg. Ty's like, stop. Ty does not react well to this. No. We yeah, know how because, loyal he is. And the way he talks about it, the way he refers to it, it's like, I'm not falling for this again. I'm yes, not doing this again. Great this point. is her old shit. She used to do this. She used to be somebody to inspire jealousy to try and keep somebody close to them. Yeah, she loves this shit. And that plays right into the lab scene, which is coming on the heels of this, like, he used to go into my room and touch me and blah, blah. Why are you doing this? You're lying. I am not. And she has that flash of drunken rage. Oh, yeah. Mean drunk. It's lurking. It's lurking. We move to Guy's' lab. Of course, Lee Rosner and Dahmer are there. I don't want to get too far past it. We got to mention what Six says here. When she comes up Oh, over, yeah, you were saying that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I was just pointing out how much I was wondering, God, if this is an actual, if she was based as a model off of the, you know, a young version of Ellen, which, you know, because, you know, fuck, okay. I, I got to pin what I was going to say real quick because that left me to a new tangent of we still, I, I don't think, and this is another thing that you, you I would bet know for sure since you've seen it all. But I don't imagine that the Cylons created their own human beings, that all of the 12 copies of human Cylons are just their own inspired creation. They're based off of a previously existing actual human being. They must have been. In my mind, I feel like that had to have been the case for them to make such a convincing human being. I don't think a Cylon is capable of, from nothing, conjuring up ideas of what an original human form should be. So the idea of running across hmm, somebody. On, so if, if depending on what you believe about the origin of our species, I mean, we used to, you know, fucking shit in our water and we'd kill things with bones and now we fucking go to the moon. So do you, do you just think that they're incapable because of their machine heritage? 
Maybe, but I mean, there's even a lot of theories about a human being is incapable of constructing a totally unique human face yeah. unlike any other, yeah. like that we cobble together faces yep. we have seen before and elements before, you know, that it's impossible there is to... No, yeah, there is yeah. no... Right, I've, I've, I've heard that theory yeah. before. Yeah, like yeah, there's no original face. Correct. And so it makes me think that a machine, even a highly advanced machine, would just go, well, let's just take a good copy of a human being. Let's just copy a previously existing actual human because then you can make it down to the atom accurate, you know? Do you so, think that and, that would be a flaw in their infiltration, though? Should that human be part of the 47,000? Maybe. Um, but, you know, it would be a pretty good bet to be like, eh, we got rid of most of them. <laughs> we got <laughs> Roll rid of the most fucking of them. Cylon dice, bitch. <laughs> Roll them shits. But anyway, no, what I was going to say is that um, Six in this scene says there's something to watch now, isn't it? That's what she says when she's over What Gaius do you think she shoulder. means? <sighs> Again, she's just a fucking woman of mystery. But I think she's saying there's a lever to pull for manipulation purposes. Mm. Keep your eye on that shit. That, that's something we can use. You know, this right. mess of a woman that Ty is so involved with. I like it. That's what I think she's highlighting there. Of You know, I think she's always pointing out like, hey, guys, you can totally screw somebody with that. Hey, there's something you manipulate you can use. You know, so I think that was what she's trying to bring up to him. Gotcha. Well, everything comes to a head in Gaius's lab, of course, uh, you know, Ellen bursts in and see, I told you. And this is like a fucking Shakespearean nonsense. play coming to like the comedic head. Like, oh no, all our characters on stage in line, like bickering with each other. Yeah. I, this is the scene I was referring to. I was like, okay, this is silly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's this silly. gets wacky. Uh, guys trying to calm everyone down of being the voice of reason, which is odd. Uh, Lee didn't know about Adama's trips and that doesn't even matter. Adama explains why he was secretive with Ellen Ellen tries to start a battle, and then they get called to the CIC because the raider comes back. But because the raider comes back, yeah. I mean, this is the this is it. This is the payoff. This is the fucking punchline of this episode. <laughs> or this weird <laughs> conflict. That's what I mean. It's right. a little silly. Yeah, it, it just and even the music, the score behind yes. it is so unusual. It's played. It's very like. It's like so light and bouncy and like rom commy, and I'm like, this is fucking battle star like we've seen the darkest shit happen on this show and like and we have paranoia coming to a head and it's got this like jaunty silly score behind it even yeah yeah exactly um, some but- mischievous mouse in a cartoon doing something <laughs> 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 oh he's setting a trap for the cat <laughs> <laughs> he thinks the dog's gonna run a leash but it isn't <laughs> oh god yeah seriously uh, well, the raider is back, God. and it's communicating. Gata thinks maybe a distress signal. Adama walks off. Ty orders the alert. He just bounces. He's got something to do. So Ty orders the alert fighters launched, and that's important because that saves the ship. Lee at that first is isn't it. sure. He, he hesitates, but then he orders it. Starbucks yeah. thinks that it's been playing with them, and then Adama orders the flight leader to destroy the raider. Gata sets action stations. The raider starts to kamikaze the Galactica, but it is destroyed by the fighters that were sent to be alert a moment ago by Colonel Ty, so that timing was important. Adama asks Very. Lee who launched alert fighters. Lee says, Ty, good call. <laughs> uh, and then we get a great conversation time. between these two. Adama's looking out for him, launching those fighters on a hunt, save the ship. They shake hands. Adama tells him that he does his job well. I need you, and that's why I need you, and that we're friends. And he hopes he understands, and he's trying to remind Ty about his value 
and not to get pulled off by this woman into some dark place that's going to affect everything. Yeah. And, you know, just a quick correction. He doesn't say you do your job well. He says, you do your job good. No. You do me good. There you go. <laughs> I just love the way he says it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does say that. Isn't that funny? You done do me good, Ty. <laughs> do me so good. You do me so good. And uh, we move over to guys reporting that, of course, Ellen is green. Green. And then there's the little dash of mystery where Six is like, so she was really green. I'll never tell. Dude. What? I'm I like, love how, bias. how many? In a way, I, I, it's interesting, but it kind of pissed me off. I was like, you know, guys, how many fucking tests are you going to do and fucking finagle the results and lie? Like, damn. Like, he's still, what is he? He's still sitting on the information that he knows Boomer's a Cylon. What the mm. hell is he going to do with this? Love him. Ah, the little tricky fuck. Love him. Love him. <laughs> he's so great. I like, I love it a lot. I love how he says, I'll never tell. Which brings us back to, is is Six privy to his thoughts? Because if not, why ask? Or if yeah. so, why ask, right? Maybe not. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe she knows, and it's one of those exercises of like, I want to hear you say it, even though I know it. But he's like, she I, did, I just, She is fond of that bullshit. Huh? She is fond of that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's religious in that way. <laughs> <laughs> You have to say it. He's got to fucking squeeze it out of him. Come on, say it. Say I'm your daddy. (laughs) No hard feelings, Adama says. Ellen tells Bill not to frack with her. Hmm, that was funny. He said, don't frack with me either. Six arrives. If only they knew that everyone passes these days. What's her line, right? (laughs) Oh, what a woman. I love the way the scene closes out with him spinning in the chair. While she's on top of him and they can't see it, getting his invisible suck job right in the middle yeah. of everybody. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. It's awesome. But it, yeah, no, it's a it's a beautifully shot little end here of seeing it. It's nice to see him getting more adept at interacting with Six on the sly, like in yes. front of people. You know, I, I like that. It's awesome. Oh, All right. Man. I will ask you some trivia questions about next week's episode called Hand of God. And after that, we're going to wrap up with a couple of final thoughts and call it a day. Mm, All right. I like that. like the sound. All right, brother. It's going to be a little different this time because I need to mix it up. Um, (laughs) We start getting into these late season episodes. It's hard to spoil without really fucking spoiling. Gotcha. So here's what I'm going to do. This is going to be, think of it as a rapid fire association type of quiz. Ooh, okay. I'm going to say a name and then I'm going to say three words. Just pick the word that you think the name will be associated with and don't overthink it with the next episode. Dude, very solid question structure. That is a nice idea. I'm into it. I like it. I like it because it's quick. It makes it easier for me to come up with questions and it it eliminates spoilage a little, which I think we've been having fun, but we need to start to be careful as major through lines come to a head. Nice. Well, Dean, hard work deserves a reward. Remind me to give you an invisible suck job in front of all our friends later. <laughs> if you look like six, uh, I don't care if you're invisible or not. Yeah, I don't care if popping off watches. I don't care if my mom watches if you look like her. Sorry, mom. Love you. Shield your eyes and walking in with my thigh high boots. All right. All right. So trivia questions. Coming right back to it. Rosalind, here are your words. Food, snakes, votes. Just pick a Food. Word. Starbuck, sidelines, cockpit, rack, or bedroom. Uh, 
shit. Um, rack. Gaius. Wild guesses. Sabotage. Treachery. Oh, man. You know? Shit. That's hard. Um, wild guesses. Uh, Caprica 6. I fucked up on this, Uh-oh. so I'm not going to ask that one. Because that was... <laughs> the answers were in this episode. Enraged, jealous, happy. Obviously, <laughs> jealous is the answer. Uh, whoops. <laughs> dumbass. That's not next week. That already happened. All right. <laughs> Dumb, dumb. <laughs> Apollo, and this one will be different. Well, this one's more like Rosalind's. Apollo, lighter as in the physical object, mm-hmm. helmet, or photograph. Oh, man. Damn. Um, lighter. Well done. Next, Caprica Boomer, fuel, firearm, or poison. I meant Galactica Boomer. Galactica Boomer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Shit. Sorry. That changes things. All right. Yeah. Same again. Sorry. It was my first time putting this together. Galactica <laughs> Boomer, uh, fuel, firearm, or poison. Uh, these are hard. These are hard. Um, I'm just going to go with my gut psychological reaction. Poison. All right. So to quickly run through them again, and you can change them if you want because they, they're not related at all. It's not like you can ascertain answers. You know what I mean? Like you can with the yes. other questions. For sure. So I'm going to go through them again. Roslyn, food, snakes, or votes? You picked food. Starbuck, sidelines, cockpit, or rack? You picked Rack. Gaius, Wild Guesses, Sabotage, or Treachery. You picked Wild Guesses. Apollo, Lighter, Helmet, or Photo. You picked Lighter. Boomer, Fuel, Firearm, or Poison. You picked Fuel. No, you didn't. You picked no, Poison. No, picked Poison. Okay, poison. Jesus, I had the wrong one down. Thank God you said something. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Fuck. So I, you I think I'm going to stick with them. No food, changes. Food rack, f- food, rack, Wild Guesses, Lighter, and Poison. <gasps> Wait a minute. Those spell out as an anagram. <laughs> Frolp. Imagine Frolp. if I was that much of a BA. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. Hand of God trivia teasers, a little word association with names. And that might be a format we do a couple times to try it out. Before. I like it. Yeah. Pretty cool, right? Good stuff. All right. Matthew, final thoughts on Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Final thoughts. Well, you know, I feel like I've, I've basically already said it that this episode, I, I think his, you know, um, Wow, the creators fucking... Okay, Ronald Moore. The name had absolutely escaped me for a second. But uh, Ronald Moore's punt worked out. Uh, it was a risk, and there was a moment... There were a couple... To be honest, there were a couple moments here where I thought it might lose me. A little eye-rolly. A little eye-rolly, but still, in the end, and even in, in within the moments themselves, I like the way it plays out. I like that, for once, our tension and our paranoia among our characters is played to kind of comedic effect because to think about these situations, to think about a situation of people, especially as far as like Lee and, and Adama, his father, they're related. They've known each other their entire lives. And, 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 you know, Adama's known Ty for probably 30, 40 years. And, you know, the idea that they're getting to the point where they're pointing fingers and yelling at each other about who's the silent and who's not, it's so high stakes that it be, loops around to becoming absurd and almost funny again. Like, it's just so like, Oh, come on. We're not, we don't have to worry about us. You know, obviously there's a threat out there. Maybe people could be, but it, it, it does reach the point of comedy in, in how ridiculous it can get. And I think that it was a risk to portray it that way, but it does kind of pay off. And it is funny. And, I mean, fucking Ellen going boo at their at their big fears, you know, is hilarious. And that it actually got laughs out of me in the times where I thought it wasn't. Um, so that's a – they really kind of broke their precedent here of, you know – Pretty heavy, dark show. The other time that I thought they had to kind of 
they went for a moment of levity before bringing it back to tragedy. I thought did not work. You know, we talked a lot about that episode and I was like, ah, that just did not feel right to me. Um, but here I think it works by the end of the episode. I'm on board. It's good shit. Good stuff. I'm very much worried about uh, how, how Ellen is going to be as a continuing piece of this show. I am very curious to see if she's going to truly be a main character who lasts for like the rest of the entire series or if she's around for a handful more episodes or I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. Nice. I think that Kate Vernon is, is a awesome actress and that's who is, of course, plays Ellen Ty. She was in um, Star Trek uh, Voyager for an episode. Really? She played a captain, I guess. I'm just oh, flipping through her IMDb now. Cool. She is a cool actress. I like her. I like the dynamic of bringing in a character like Ellen Ty. It's true. It's true. The reason I like the idea of a character like Ellen Ty is, is because she's a wild card true. in a different way than Gaius is a wild card. She does not have any interest in the fleet or in the politics of this. Her interest is, is in Ty. And that makes her unique, and I wonder how it's going to play out in future episodes. Well, I have an idea. But at this (laughs) stage of the game, I was wondering, how is this going to play out? How is this going to work? What are they going to do with this character? But I like the fact that one of the things I like about her is is that, let's be real, our military characters are a little stuffy, as is Rosalind at times. And it's nice to see this wild card come in with her drunken nonsense and fuck this up. Now, you do have to be careful. You don't want to be punting the ball too often because you're never going to win that way as the metaphor continues. So yeah. you don't want to, you don't want Kate Vernon to devolve into uh, a, a comedic of joke. A yeah. She's too much of a good actress for that. That's she, needs, yeah. she needs to be deeper. And I think we're going to see that. I think we've got hints of that already. Yeah. So I do like the addition of Ellen Ty into the show. And I like that she's, you, you kind of already brought it up with as far as her intentions go. She's not a, I, I think you could almost, and not, I would not say this as a as a definitive thing. Um, yeah, I think all of the characters of the show, all of them, are more fleshed out than this. But the one divide you could kind of divide characters between, you know, the human characters anyways, even Cylons, but anyways. Uh, but you could see them as valorous characters who are, like, very noble and very dedicated to, like, just saving humanity or conspiratorial characters who have – they're looking out for themselves or they're looking out to gain power or – do this or that or help with the Cylon cause and some Let me jump in right way. there. Sure. I think that's an important consideration and that's kind of one of the things I was going to get to and that's Ooh. that one of the things that keeps Geis to be, in my opinion, one of the most interesting characters in the show is that right there. He's the only human character that we're not sure about. The rest True. of them we're pretty sure about. We're pretty well, sure I'm, about the way, we're, unless they turn out to be Cylons at this point. Yeah. We're yeah. pretty confident that out we know Leoben's treachery. We don't know what Six is up to. Doral's a fucking cold fish. And what's going on with Boomer? You know, is, is, is Galactica Boomer uh, waiting to be reactivated again? Is is Caprica Boomer now fighting against her Cylon friends? Is she, she, she loyal to Hilo? What's going on with that? But the one thing that always is the constant is, is we're not sure what the Cylons are doing. No. We're pretty... When we sit down and we look at Chief Tyrrell and we look at Apollo and we look at Lee, wait, wait, they're the same people. When we look at Lee, when we look at Adamo, we, when we look at Ty, we, we know their angle. We know what the president is up to. We know they're trying to make shit happen. They are the valor and the noble that we're talking about, even though they have their own flavors of that. Yeah. And I think that's where Gaius becomes still maintains the highest interest level for me because he is a wild card. Well, and, he and- keeps vital information from the fleet. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And in addition to that, you know, Ellen is a kind of version of that in the sense of she's not a noble character, Valorous, you know, constant, you know, Apollinian, like upright person, like a lot of our hero, you know, soldiers. Uh, and she's not, I would argue, a very conspiratorial person either. She, I, you could say that some of her actions are kind of conspiratorial in the way that she's seeding a little bit of the, yeah, the doubt in, in his mind. Yeah. But that's more for selfish reasons. It's sure. more of I'm trying to keep my baby interested in me and keep him jealous so he's attracted to me. It's very selfish. Like she is somebody who is like hedonistically looking out for herself. And there's no real character quite like that. Like I could argue – I think you could argue that Gaius would be like that if he didn't have a fucking Cylon haunting him. Uh, maybe he would be a more hedonistic – kind of person but his his whole lifestyle has been altered a little bit but she is the more purely i don't really care about the survival of the human race and i'm also not a a saboteur you know conspiratorial person as far as we know um she's just in it to get fucking laid and keep her hubby interested in her right she's a person yeah she's a regular person She's not a military person. She's not a yeah. politician. So not a scientist. There's 47,000 people left. She wants to have a drink. She wants to goof off. She wants to do what she wants to do. Uh, she, there's a realism to her that I can appreciate. Uh, is she hedonistic? Man, I don't know. Is she just a person who's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm just here doing what I do. Now, I, you could, you can, we, us, can judge her and say, man, she's a fucking this. She's going to do this. Does she understand what she's doing a tie? Maybe she doesn't, maybe she doesn't. And I think that's where, that's where the line comes down on Ellen. Is Ellen somebody who is a slave to her own lack of inhibition? Is she a slave to the liquor and the debauchery, to use a, a term that really makes it sound way more dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. She sleeps so way, around, she likes her drink. Yeah. She sleeps around, yeah. she likes her drink. I don't know if that makes her an evil person. That just makes her a person yeah. that, that's a certain way. And uh, if you if you you can either be with her or not be with her. If you're going to be with her, then know that that's how she's going to be. And if you don't want right. to be with her and she's like that, then fucking don't be with her. That's on you. <laughs> she's right? always going to wave to passing high school boys on their bikes on her porch with her thin silk robes. That's just that's right. part of her life. That's a part of her day. I just imagine that like a Southern Louisiana thing. Hey boys. Hey but, um, boys. <laughs> but, got some mint juleps. Right. And and now now that's the one hand. Now I don't. I would not judge Ellen for being that way. If she wants to drink and sleep around on her husband and fuck people, that's on her and that's on Ty. If Ty wants to put up with it, then that's on Ty. You know, you don't, you don't pet an alligator and it bites your arm off and blame the alligator in a sense. I mean, you do (laughs) because the alligator bit you, but it's not, it just is fulfilling its nature. And, and I don't want to make excuses for Ellen, but here's where the line has to be drawn with her. When she's feeding Ty, who is an alcoholic, alcohol that's where i have a problem with ellen ty because yeah. you're 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 contributing to a very poor decision i mean he's drinking it himself but you're really pushing him and that's what i mean like you can enjoy yourself and fuck off and ruin your life but don't physically try to fuck up his life so is she doing it because she wants to have fun with her husband or is she doing it do you know what i'm getting at yeah is she doing it because she wants to have fun with her husband or is she doing it because she wants to keep him down so she can control him? Because that's a different person that I don't like and I don't have excuses for. Yeah. Oh, I think, you know, it can be a, it can be a sloshy, messy mix of it both. Right. It can be her, in her mind, she does have real affection for him and love him, but she doesn't know any other way of keeping him interested or under her control than being manipulative and so right. jealousy. She wanted to be with him. She wanted to be in his presence again. She's just a slave to her own passions, which is dick and booze. 
<laughs> there we go. Right. I guess that's Boy, what it comes Flesh down and to. bone now here to dick and booze. Dick and booze is We've her is <laughs> dick and booze is her stock and trade. And baby <laughs> business is a booming. But um I wonder, you know, I wonder if there what what I don't it's hard to summarize a character in one episode. I think we're, well, yeah. we're gonna tread lightly. But she wants to be in Ty's presence. She wants to be around Ty. She likes that. She wants to be married to Ty. She wants to be in his life. She could she could have all the dick and booze she wanted and never see Ty again. But that's not what she wants. She also exactly. wants Ty, right? That's a very good point. Yeah. So the, a woman who looks like that, who's promiscuous, is going to get dick and booze. No problem. <laughs> so she wants more than dick yep. and booze, I guess is my point. And that's the thing. I mean, she is, there is no actually one-dimensional, uncomplicated character on this show. I do believe Indeed. that this show will flesh her out and we will see a, many sides to her as we've seen with everyone. Right. But we have to heed Adama's warning, which is he, she brings out the worst in him. And maybe that's her fault, but that's on him too. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's his own person, right? He can decide. He's a big boy, right? He's a colonel. He can fucking decide for himself. He made a decision to blow 80 people into space. He can fucking figure out Ellen Ty. And if he doesn't, then that's <laughs> his go. fault. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean I want to hang out with her. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, boy, 18-year-old me. Oof. I would yeah. fall and pray. Yeah, of course. Of course. You'd be another one in that, that like, old. Yeah, I'd be a notch on her corset. Yeah, absolutely. She'd bang you in a, in under a cypress tree in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge somewhere. I don't know. I don't know why she's a southern belle to me or a southern. She's like one of those gilded southern ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. That, she's been a debutante. She's been debuted. 100%. I have a weird fantasy going on here. <laughs> You're from the north. And on Ooh, that note. <laughs> I, like your, I like your accent, boy. Um, just come over here and fluff up my pillow. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> tie uh, me up. Tie me down. It's been a blast. Matthew, tell these good people goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Until next time. So, say we all. <laughs>